and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, we're taking a stand, I guess, it seems like, or whatever. <laughs> before we it's get to... It's not your conviction. Uh, it's not just my conviction that was lacking mm. here. Uh, before we get into these, uh, this, the eighth episode of the 2021 Stay of the Stand miniseries, uh, how was your week? Uh, my week was fairly good. Um... I got a lot of work done. I was away from home a lot this week. Yeah, you were. I, I didn't see you around. hardly at all. I know. It's a pity. I'm sorry. I was racing around having strange adventures. Um, so, uh, but how was yours? What did you uh, do? It's been trying. And I've, I'm sick, and I'm trying to talk myself into the fact that it's not COVID. I'm pretty sure it's, it's not, not COVID. COVID. Uh, I think I just have a cold, and I haven't had a cold in a year and a half, and so uh, I hate it extra. But no fever, just a sore throat, a sore throat, a sore throat, and today there's a bit of a cough. How's your tummy? Tummy's okay. It's interesting how we can now know enough to run diagnostic checks on each other. Yeah. Uh, so I am going to go to bed as soon as we're done recording this. Hey, everybody. Good night. No. <laughs> Before we so do as that. As soon as you're done, not in the middle of it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so this episode uh, is called The Stand. It's titular. Uh, it was directed by Vin- Vincenzo Natali and written by Benjamin Cavill and T- Taylor Elmore. And it premiered on February 4th of this fine year here. And uh, for it being sort of the, it's the penultimate episode, but it feels like the ultimate episode. Mm-hmm. It didn't really feel like that much happened it didn't feel like a great deal did um because this the wind-up on this has been so long yeah the original adaptation has been three parts it was three parts right yes yes well four before the final yeah uh, four total four total yeah but this is more than twice that length no, because those were two-hour segments. This is only oh. we've we've watched as much stand this miniseries as we did the previous miniseries, and we still have an extra episode to go. Okay, so, so that was taken in the amount yeah, of time it feels like it feels like it was both longer and shorter because we didn't really get the character development. We didn't really get the character development. So uh, let's get started. Let's start. Let's see what happened. What happened? We're mostly in Vegas this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get a little bit in Stu's pit and a little bit in Boulder at the very, very end, but mostly we're in Vegas. Vegas, right. Uh, Nadine is there, very pregnant, uh, thinking she looks hot as hell, and you know what? Uh, She she definitely doesn't. Her makeup seemed a little bit better this time, but maybe I just acclimated to it. Uh, You can see in our thumbnail from last week's episode how terrible her makeup job was. And uh, we have Larry and Ray and... I want to call him. I want to call him Greg, because his name is Greg in real life. What's his name in the show? He's my favorite character, and I've forgotten. Glenn. 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 Uh, the three of them have arrived. They're put on trial. Um, before they are put on trial, Nadine visits them, and um, actually, it must be after they're put on trial. Trial that Nadine visits them. So they're put on trial, mm-hmm. and it is a farcical situation wherein the Rat Woman, played by Fiona Dorff, mm. is uh, adjudicating, and Lloyd is the prosecutor and the bailiff. And well, now, uh, as a person who's worked in the legal profession, how would how accurate would you say this, this is? This is the scene is compared to like per se, like let's, for instance, rather. Like the party, yeah. yeah. No, this is this is farcical at best. Um, uh-huh. Lloyd is wearing a British uh, wig uh-huh. that they wear like in courts, like a barrister. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't do that here, first of all. Although I guess the court system has collapsed and we can do whatever we want, and we are based on British law anyway. So bring the wigs back, I guess. And uh, they're being tried as traitors who snuck in spa as spies in the dead of night. And I'm like, well, you drove them down the well, main street. You, what? Like, ju- like, even if we just wanted to 
fight merits of fact. Mm-hmm. There are no well, facts so in they the... They were kidnapped out of the desert. They were yeah. brought into the town. They didn't yeah. actually set foot into nope. Las Vegas. The first time they put mm-hmm. their feet on Las Vegas, it was stepping out of the limousine that had ushered them there right. with Lloyd. And they were brought <laughs> at gunpoint. Yeah. So they were hardly sneaking, or yeah. they never even made it to town. But They yes, were not, yeah. and they, These are quibbles. It's, it's ridiculous. And, and they're in the same place that these fights take place. It's in the rotunda of this hotel. Mm-hmm. So there are onlookers and people shouting. And uh, you do see the face of a man who seems to think that this has gone too far, right. but you never hear his voice. You do see him later on, but once again, he says nothing at well, any time. Does, sort of, uh, eventually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess he does a little bit. Uh, which there is a character in the original uh, miniseries at the very least who's like, this isn't how we act in America. And I'm like, well, I mean, it is. is It is how we act in America, guys. Yeah. Uh, And Glenn is like, you know, y'all are pathetic uh, and uh, we forgive you, but this is ridiculous. And the rat woman is like, shut him up, shut him up. And he's like, or bailiff, shut him up. And Glenn looks at Lloyd and's like, Bailiff, I thought you were the prosecutor. What is happening here? Uh Glenn is probably pretty high at this point. Yeah. Uh and he just is uh He's challenging sort of, the authority of the court. He's he is. And he's saying, you know with reason. <laughs> look at look at how weak your leader is. Mm-hmm. If if you have to string up crucified bodies along the boulevard mm-hmm. to show what happens if you go against him, right. then he doesn't have a stronghold over the population, which right. is accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, this is where we start getting uh, indications that nobody there knows that Mother Abigail is dead. Yes. Which means that whatever connection flag has with anything is limited faltering and so it, it it points out that he's not omnipotent no and this is i think the, the fact that mother abigail never pretended to be she's deferring to god all the time yes and randall flag is pretending to be all powerful yes but he's the king are, right Severe yeah. limitations on what he's capable of. On what of he's doing. capable of, yeah, right. So that was a that was a clue, I think, for Glenn to be able to start, you know, finding a, a crack in this. Um, right. And once again, it's all glamour. Everything that he does is making you think Glad. that things are a certain mm-hmm. way that that they aren't. So we have all these partying people mm-hmm. who are the society. That's what Lloyd says. We've got quite the society here. But as they're driving in, of course, they're seeing workers being beaten. They're seeing uh, gangs of people beating up other people seemingly for no reason. There's clearly a class system that's been built. And we never get an insight into that that structure, which we do a little bit in the original miniseries where you see them all working. And it just looks like just regular blue-collar work, like in our society. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, why is this the better... Like, right. and in that one, it was regular blue collar work that they had to do mm-hmm. at at the uh, upon pain of death if they didn't do what they were supposed to do, and they weren't having mm-hmm. any sex, right. they weren't doing any drugs, there were no vices uh, allowed As the to original them. Original presented it, it probably would be easier to convince people that you were doing the right thing by having an ultra moralistic society, right? Which once and again, though, why do you put that in Vegas? <laughs> Which I think was a wonderful touch in a way, because mm. it reminds me of uh, oh stories like something like This Way Comes, yeah, you know where the devil or even needful things devil yeah. keeps the promises sort of yes right it's a monkey paw promises <laughs> right yes yes they really suck once you get you're gonna like, get what oh. you asked for you're just not gonna be happy with right. it so the barber uh, in something like This Way Comes who wants to be surrounded by beautiful women so he's paralyzed in a chair while he dance around him. And he spends the rest of his life that way. That is such a horrible... The woman who wants to be young and beautiful again because she was when she was younger, and she is, only she's blind. Right. So that kind of horrible contradiction, the idea that they're living in Vegas, but we all have to behave ourselves, which yes. didn't work quite as well, I think, with this one. Right, no, because, because we, we never get a true mm-hmm. sense of what's 
happening. And there is this whole group of people who apparently can just do whatever the fuck they want. Right. And it's like, well, that's not... Well, we don't know how it's set up and why we don't. have these advantages no. and why other people don't. And why, if you're on the bottom, you don't just run away. Yeah, I'd just be like, fuck this noise. Yeah, why? Like, why why would I, I do this? So I can watch other people have threesomes? No, thank you. It's, <laughs> it's an interesting... I will say it is an interesting parallel because I keep seeing articles about, like, the right in the United States, mm-hmm. the, the, the alt-right and the far-right are terrified of leftist authoritarian... Of, authoritarianism Mm -hmm. which is what they keep talking about mother a and how she forces you to you know to bend to her will and this that and the other and it's like a well first let's start there's no such thing as left-wing authoritarianism Mm -hmm. that's not a thing that exists it is a boogeyman right wing tips over into authoritarianism uh, at the drop of a fucking hat these days left wing no we don't trust anybody in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no. So it's it's just this really interesting, and, and they're doing they do have that same mm-hmm. thing of she is, you know, she's gonna come get us. Well, there's no indication of oh, that. Right. The, like the, it's the, just the, the first shot fired was sending the crucifixion uh-huh. gram over to uh, Mother Abigail's group, so they yeah. had no intention. No, they didn't want to uh, even of being a part of it. No. But it is very much, and it also feels very much of the moment. Yeah. Or what used to be the moment. Thank God it's over, for the most part. But where he's just creating, you have to be worried about them over there because they're coming to get us, even though they yeah. have no intention they of doing that. They have no intention of doing that. And, and I just don't understand. And maybe because I live in 21st century Earth. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if the population would decrease so much, right. I really feel like there would be like-minded people that would come together in certain areas, mm-hmm. and they'd just be in that area, and right. they'd just live their fucking lives. And it would be hundreds of years before populations were going to need to, you know... Right. Attack each other, and even then, what I would argue is it would be we need to trade people because uh, uh, we're out of uh, genetic stock. Right. Well, <laughs> like that depending that on how large those groups are over resources, right? And, and now there's, there's so much resource in this world. Then why bother? Yeah, why? I just don't. Yeah, money you know, isn't going to do anything. Just I don't know. That. You have lived what nobody else has. Right. Find a place where you can. You know, yeah. live and then just I live. I don't know that people will slaughter each other over an ideology from other people who are far enough away to where they don't affect them. I mean, if it was not unless there is this forced right uh, haves and have nots and this boogeyman mm-hmm. thing, which is what he right. has built into his society. But it is and what's even funnier, and again, also speaking to the point of how he's interpreting events, how you could see it as interpreting events. Yeah. It's the boogeyman, the literal, yeah, the literal case, boogeyman, boogeyman yeah. who is trying to make out Mother Abigail to be the boogie person, right. which is really funny. But right, and as they're condemning yeah. her and the, that witch right. uh, in the mountains or whatever, I'm like, they're like, she does, they don't know she's dead. Are literally following a man who floats, and you're calling yeah, her a witch. How many of them know that he <laughs> floats, though? He just does it in the... Like, Lloyd knows, right. but Lloyd's not telling anybody I, anything. I have the impression he floats outside his window sometimes. As some sort uh, he's of in, a, like, meditation. a weird alcove, but I don't, I can't yeah. tell. He's so far off the ground, and he's up on the that floor by himself. I don't know. Also I mean, the rat woman definitely mm-hmm. knows. The dude with the cowboy hat that right. that acts as, like, a bouncer knows. Lloyd knows. The fact that they Nadine saw him knows. in an elevator literally rip out a person's still beating Yeah, heart. no, there's that. But it's like... But a lot of them were super coked up at that point, so right. how do you even know what you've seen? Like, yeah, that's what... It's it's, baff, it's baffling. But, so Glenn is like, I mean, y'all are ridiculous, and this is dumb, and what are we even doing here? And at that point, Fiona, the rat woman, tells Lloyd to shoot Glenn, and at that point, Lloyd it, Lloyd has a weird episode. This episode because Lloyd does not he he does not want to shoot him. He says, "Please don't make me kill you." Like, just shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Please right. don't make me kill you. And finally, he is goaded into pulling the trigger, and he shoots Glenn in the midst of this whole 
Rinky Dink. You're right. Kangaroo Court. Kangaroo Court. Oh, that's offensive to kangaroos. Uh, in the in the shoulder. It's mm. not a it's not a kill shot. Glenn lands on the ground and Glenn says, "I forgive you. You don't know what you're doing." Literally quoting somebody as his arms are outstretched from his body. Yes, his he is queen in a Jesus pose. Right. At which point Lloyd fires many many more shots into Glenn, mm. killing him. Uh, but then later he's talking. He's ta- we see him talking to the Rat Woman, and he's like every time. Or no, maybe to Julie. Every time I close my eyes, I see him. Like he is yeah. not a killer, and, Lloyd, and now he is, but he can't handle Lloyd it. Lloyd has, an, like you said, an interesting sort of character arc in this episode, and I liked what they did with the character here. This is the first. Me time too. I, I wish it was an arc that transcended from the second episode right. when we first met him to now. I, I think we've spent a lot of time with like um, the Legion of Doom, so to speak. Like, all the villains together, we've spent more time yeah. with them than we have with our heroes. Yeah, I think so. And um, It feels like it. it. It feels like it, yeah. So, I really liked the fact that we actually see, because we, we're constantly seeing these overtures to Harold, and at one point Nadine's better nature. Yeah. To yes. sort of see the light, and yeah. they just won't do it. They're very stubbornly refusing. Which is, I mean, and Nadine could have fucked Harold mm-hmm. to get out of yeah. her little thing. Like, once again, any dick will do. Well, I've never been in that position, thank God. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, it is plentiful and of low value. No offense, <laughs> no offense, no offense. None taken. Yeah, I, it was seeing how the other the other characters, out of some sort of strange principle of independence, reject the overtures to turn over and come into the light. Right. Then saying, of all people, Lloyd, as we see this episode, and we haven't gotten to that point yet, but just have the realization, what am I doing here? Yeah. What was this like, about? What is this for? What, what are we... The scene that he has with the rat woman yeah. is really good because he's falling to pieces and we get for the first time... And she's like... It's supposed right. to be an act. What is? What are you She's doing? She's terrified. Like, yes. What I liked was that it finally exposed, because we've seen her as this enthusiastic supporter. She yeah. puts on the costume. She puts on whatever. But she She's, is the master of ceremonies right. of this thing. She is not. It, she, it is right. entertainment as far as she's concerned. She is not. She's doing it to put on a show. It, this shit got real, and she doesn't well, want it. She doesn't like I, it. I like is that uh, the impression I got, the backstory that I'm contributing that's not here. Yeah. Is that she's a chorus girl or some sort of D-list celebrity, and then she gets pushed up to the prime time, and so she's just there in yeah. front of it, and yeah. then realizes, holy shit, they're actually killing people with chainsaws here. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. I yeah. Have to go and now I just have right. to put on a fucking face, and because I'm now the face of the entertainment here. Yeah, and if I don't, go and if I stay it, in favor, then I right. live, and if I don't, I wind up crucified. Yep. So yeah, that was an interesting moment because I got to see into her psyche, like. Shut up! Don't tell anybody what. what I'm, yeah. But don't cry because if he finds out where you're crying, yeah, no, we're all doomed. Nope. And why, why is this? We have to mention why that happened because the next, the sort of next piece that happens is uh, in the kitchen. Ray and Larry are handcuffed to a very nice industrial stove, and uh, Ray is really upset. She's like, I don't understand why she just sent us here to die. And I'm like, well, it sucks that you're just now realizing that's what the fuck happened. Because on the walk, she was like, she wouldn't do that. And Glenn was like, she didn't know what was going to happen. So she definitely would do that. She had a broad outline, Mother Abigail, of what was going to happen. And she warned you. She warned you that one of you would fall. She gave you these... And then she said... I have no idea what's going to happen. (laughs) Like, she literally said those words. And, uh... So Ray's really upset, and then Nadine and her bodyguard come in, and Nadine has Ray removed because she wants to talk to Larry. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I am the queen. And he's like, you look like garbage. And she's like, I am the queen. And he's like, okay, I'm going to hold up this serving tray, and you're going to fucking look at yourself because you look like hell. And she, this, I think, is the first time she sees herself. 
Because the powers of glamour are nothing compared to the, the powers of a polished serving tray. Well, it's not that. It's that Flag only glamours her when he is aware. It's not a con- like. It's not like being so like glamour and it's just it. on. He's got to be thinking about it, and he's got other things going on in his brain. I don't know what. I don't I think know. He what. also has limited powers. The impression that I get. That's true. Probably like he's true, generating yeah. this image, and of, he did not expect yeah. Nadine to go talk to Larry. Like there's well, no way that he I thought like that was going to happen. And this is again my conception of it is that he's always that weird mud monster that we never see clearly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that it's by yeah. force of will Alexander Skarsgård's body is a full-on glamour. Right. 100%. But that the energy it takes to confuse people and do this all the mm-hmm. time is... It's wearing on Draining him. him yeah. All, you know. Yeah. And he, I think he thinks he's going to get a recharge when his baby is born, I guess. Uh, it's unclear. Uh and Nadine is like, Ugh, I don't look, I look like garbage. And then she's like, oh, no, baby. And then she goes into labor. And then we're up in the penthouse. And the rat woman has a rubber fetish apron on which to deliver like this baby, which uh, is the only medical a, supply she why, you, Because you do, you, we do hear the conversation with her yeah. afterwards, and she's like, I'm the, I'm the master of ceremonies. I'm like, then why are you trying to deliver a baby right. then? So she's getting a big old syringe, and Nadine is laying on the bed, and she's screaming, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. Uh, uh, Flag is just standing there looking at her with this bemused smirk on her face, and she gets up off the bed as, as the rat woman comes mm. with a big syringe of, I don't know what, it looks like poison. And uh, she's like, I was only meant to incubate this thing. You don't care about me because he is not right. trying to hold her hand. He is no, not trying to calm amazing. her down. He's he is just, just like... He's amused by her suffering. Yes. And uh, she goes to the window and she takes her necklace that he gave her when mm-hmm. she was 12. Ew. And she punches through the glass with it. And she dives from the top of the thing. Now, this is a bit of a bummer. It's a cool scene, the slow motion mm-hmm. that they do. Right. And then she falls through the roof over the pool and lands in this the pool. This was a very... It reminded me of the original Suspiria, the opening scene where somebody just falls through, falls from a roof, through his glass And then through, like, several <laughs> glass ceilings. And then it's like, shook, 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 shook. Yeah. yeah. Really and then she lands... On the floor of the pool, mm-hmm. and um, we hear him roar no. Now, here's the thing. Okay. In the original miniseries and in the book, Nadine commits suicide because she realizes what she has done is mm-hmm. fucked and wrong, and she right. can't be part of it. This Nadine is mad because it's not about her. <laughs> it's well, not about... This is wrong. I'm bringing, like, literally the devil into the world. Right. I, like, it's none of that. It's, you never really cared about me. Right. Yoink. Jump. <laughs> like, wow. Yes, her motivation is not, <laughs> I'm giving birth to the Antichrist. It's more like, but I'm not so pretty anymore. <laughs> like, you lied to me about Yeah, I was supposed I was. to be your queen, and right. you're just going to let me, <laughs> you're just going to let me die while this thing is born, and I'm not going to let you have the pleasure of that. And it's so... Ooh. <laughs> she looks a hell of a lot less prettier when this is done too. Yes, and so then we have the scene with between mm-hmm. Lloyd and the Rat Woman, right. because they are concerned because he has been in with the body for several hours, mm-hmm. and she's like, "What well, we could scrape up? Like this is so fucked. We're right. so fucked." She knows, like when he comes out of there, she's just like, "He's gonna like burn us all alive. It's right. gonna be a fucking mess." And Lloyd's like, every time I close my eyes, I see Glenn's face. Like, I see that dude's face, and I fucking can't handle it. And she's like, this was all supposed to be for play. Like, this was supposed to be entertainment. And we are so in it now that I don't even know what the fuck to do. And then he comes out of the room with Nadine and says, you know, I don't remember what he said. I think he says, get them ready for, um, uh, for their um, punishment or mm-hmm. whatever, but uh, and 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 bury Nadine. But before you do that, waste not, want not. And they send Nadine's fucked up head because I will tell you, she fell what fifty floors and then through several plates of glass and then into a pool. Mm-mm, it's messed up. That head 
to Larry it, on a serving platter. And it's like, oh, of course you of did. the stuff that we see when you're watching um, the guy who directed, uh, direct, excuse me, directed, the director of Midsummer, um, mm-hmm. Ari Aster. He often takes these close-ups of things that don't even look like bodies anymore. Yes. And we are just like, and your brain is just like, don't try and figure it out. Right. Like, don't. It's like they're so far mutilated and there's like, you know, particularly in... Um, Hereditary. Hereditary, where there's the body in the closet that's been spoiling there for such a long time, you're not sure what it looks like. It just yeah. barely looks... It barely and has a human resemblance. And that was what I felt with. Like, right, in Hereditary, the uh-huh. son yeah. is Lloyd's brother. Okay. The, the kid that plays oh, right. Lloyd Henry is Matt Wolf. That's Alex Wolf. It's his kid brother. Right. So they're good act. It's a good acting family. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you wouldn't know it here, but the scars. That's the as other well. thing. Yeah, same. That's the other thing. When you see Lloyd unload into Glenn, he mm-hmm. clenches his eyes closed and fires several times. Like right. he's not. He doesn't want to even see it happen. He can't. Uh, and so they're going to. They bring Larry and. Ray, and they handcuff them to the bottom of the pool, and they're going to drown them. It's not going to be, I think it was like a hanging or a drawn and quartered in the original mm-hmm. uh, miniseries, but they're going to drown yeah, them in this pool, yeah. which is the same pool that Nadine just died in, so there's a stain on it. drain the pool again? Uh, and so they're, they're shackled to this like uh, like what you hook up bikes to, mm-hmm. like on the floor of this pool, and Julie Lowry is like emceeing this thing, and you know she like signals Lloyd to turn on the water, and he does, and then he goes down into the pool, and he says, "Larry, I," he says to Larry, "Hey, I." Really liked your music, right? Or whatever. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on? And at this point, Flag comes out, and he's going to give his little speech as they, and these are the traitors, and um, I have a weapon coming. Mm-hmm. It's being delivered right now, and you see a drone drone footage, right. uh, following the trash can man down the down uh, Las Vegas Boulevard, which. Um, I don't know how many people have been to Vegas. Down the strip is not how to get to the airport. <laughs> so it's already like, boop, that's not where he should, uh, that's not where he should be. Uh, so the flag says, I'm going to accompany this weapon, the mm-hmm. biggest fire man has ever created. I'm going to take it personally and drop it on that old witch and her, mm-hmm. you know, spies and deceitful traitors. First of all, I don't understand the traitor term when I owed you nothing and I pledged no allegiance. Exactly. Like, I, I am not... <laughs> but, I mean, that would be like my, our neighbor who I've never met coming over and calling me a traitor. I'm like, I don't know you. But it's so typical of that kind of persuasion. Yes, and we see it that is. in modern politics. To just throw names around even though they don't mean anything in the context of why no, you're saying them. That's true. So he's he. This is the plan, and the water is starting to fill up, and people. Oh, and Larry starts saying, "I will fear no evil." Mm-hmm. Now this is what he remembers from what Glenn. This is what Stu, 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 Stu made him right. say it and believe it. So he says, "I will fear no evil," and uh, you know Lloyd's like, "Shut up, please shut up! Like, I don't right. want to have to shoot you, please." And and uh, he's just like, I will fear no evil. And we hear flags start to tell Lloyd, you fucking shoot him. Right. Like, he's already going to drown. The water's yeah. coming up. And Lloyd's like, please stop. Like, please stop. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. And then a woman in the crowd yells, I will fear no evil. Oh, right. sedition. <laughs> and they're looking around. They're like, who said that? Who said that? And she says it again. Mm-hmm. And Flag says, you know, shoot her. And Lloyd's like, I don't know who the fuck you it was. I'm not just going to... out of this pool and go looking for this massive crowd and find this one woman. Yeah. 
And this uh, is when that gentleman who had said, you know, who had looked uneasy, says something. Maybe he says, I will fear no he, he does. And he gets immediately jumped on by everybody who's standing around him. Uh-huh. Pulled back, which I didn't understand. I was like, push him over. Yeah, he was standing I on a balcony at least three fucking stories up. A choice him over. where they didn't want to recall the image they just did. And maybe, didn't. maybe because Nadine had fallen, right. yeah, five minutes earlier or something like that. Uh, and at this point, Lloyd's like, Unlock it. Unlock. Unlock them. Unlock. Right. Get the keys. Unlock them. Like he is out, right. and it is lightning fast. <laughs> I mean, it really isn't. He's right. never been this guy. Right. He wants the drugs and the shopping and the sex and the fun. And he does not want to kill right. is, anyone. How can I put it? He doesn't like the violence. It. It's There's not. That, as far as I can tell. There's a pettiness and a smallness to Lloyd. Yeah. There's not a meanness to Lloyd. Yes. If you could, as Absolutely. a good guy, give him all those things, he would be perfectly happy. Yeah. He just wants it easy. He doesn't want to have to work That's for it. That's it. Yes, so exactly. I, I knew a guy in high school oh, who right now... Called out. I'm not going to mention him by name. That's good. Don't do that. Couch surfing with a person who was competing on Survivor. Got a great deal of money, like the guy who came back, shared his money with him, started a business, and now he owns a tribal agency. And this was just the class clown. And so in some ways, this little irritating class clown basically does nothing, sleeps on couches, and eventually becomes, you know, a millionaire. But... I doubt did, a millionaire. Well, no, apparently, you know, after a while, I got tired of saying, you know, his commercials that he was posting on, online. Um, but... With... Lloyd. With Lloyd, yeah, I I think it's the same thing. I don't think if there was an easy way to it, he would be just as happy. He does not need to be a hard man. He doesn't need to be the guy beating people up or killing them. He, he no. Yeah, no. So he's fancy, like fancy clothes. He goes out. He's he's waded into the water with them, and he's like, get him, get him out of here, get him right. out of here. At which point, it's starting to really fall apart, and we see. Trash. Okay, here's the other thing. Trash can man. Mm-hmm. Ezra Miller, his last three minutes in the episode, or in the show, less than less than ten altogether, I'd say. Uh, all of it nearly nude, all of it with a lot of prosthetics. This one especially, he's got a lot of prosthetics right, because on. Because he's been suffering from radiation burns. Significant radiation yeah. burns. Now, in this version... Flag sends trash to get the nuclear weapon and bring it back. At his level of sanity, there's it would have been a miracle, a God-honest miracle, if he had brought it to the place he was supposed to bring it to. He is not, he's not all there. Now, in the original book and in the miniseries, trash is not tasked. He loves Flag, and he he can interact mm-hmm. with other people. Right. Uh, and at one of the uh, or at the air air uh, at the airport, mm-hmm. he's there, and one of them mocks him in a way that he had been mocked as a child, and it triggers him, and right. he ends up killing half of the air force and blowing up several of the planes that Flag had been preparing. Right. And out of remorse. And to try and do penance for what he has done, he goes and gets the nuke of his of his own volition and brings it back as mm. like a as like an offering. Peace offering, right? And with that, you get character. And with this, nah, his performance. It's not bad. It's nothing. There's nothing on the page right. for him to do. He does what is on the page beautifully. What's on the page is. Fucking nothing. <laughs> right. Well, it doesn't... It doesn't really make any sense to charge somebody who basically has a very low level of awareness or consciousness or anything. Literally any one of these dudes could have got you that nuclear warhead. Literally any one of the dudes in this place would have, would have could have gotten it for you and would have delivered it to the appropriate place. Right. Like, it just, it is deeply baffling uh, why they have decided to do this. Uh, his makeup's real good, though. 
I, I think that, it, <laughs> yeah, it, I wish there was, it didn't make any sense to me either. And he uh, trucks up with his little thing up into the lobby and the atrium of the hotel. He mm-hmm. is in the midst of it. People start screaming and running because they're like, that's a nuclear weapon and she looks like garbage. Uh, Because they are also very vain and shallow in this place. Uh, And then we see the the storm. The running part. That's what kills me. I'm going to run from a nuclear weapon. I don't think that they know that the nuclear weapon is going to detonate. What they're trying to do now is get as far away from the radiation that is seeping off of this thing. Uh... These aren't also not the brightest well, bulbs. They're all very high. They've been beating the crap out of people for the last four hours or whatever. Like, it's it's a mess. And Flag sees Trash Can Man and says, you're in the wrong place. You're not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And then there's a my life for you, my life for you. And then he just lays back on the nuke. And that's it. I mean... We'll get one more visual of him, but mostly he's just like, I, this is a, this is a mm-hmm. weapon and I'm going to just lay on it. And uh, then the storm comes and it is way better realized than the first it's one. It's very weird. It's no less, you, you, no less symbolic, I think. It is clouds that envelop this tower mm-hmm. with things that look like fingers, like tendrils that look right. like fingers. But not in a way that looks like somebody sculpted the cloud in fingers. Just in a way that clouds right. sometimes look like fingers. Right. It is way better done, and it is an electrical storm. You know what doesn't want an electrical storm? Uh, a pool full of water that's about to drown Larry and Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a nuclear fucking weapon. <laughs> These are two things that don't play well with lightning. And then we just see people... Fucked up by lightning. Right. The Rat Woman and Julie Lowry are blown apart by lightning strikes. It's uh-huh. wild. And we see a bunch of other people getting just just exploded well, lightning like strikes. The, strikes. The way they choose to interpret this effect, it looks very much like ball lightning. Yes. Like this ball of plasma that comes down from the ceiling and is charging yeah. electricity. And then it starts just deliberately... And this is again. This goes to the. They are. This is God. Yeah. Well. Right? Sure. Jehovah. Like, mm. So is where he doesn't destroys things when it feels like. I'm it. pretty sure it's Thor. No. Thor. But it's lightning, slight, so it's Thor. Slightly less vindictive. But anyhow, I think it's Thor. He just destroyed. Like people are being killed left and right. Yeah. It's not killing the two people in the pool. It's not. I was like, right. oh shit, they're not. But I was like, well, that weapon's going to go off and they're going to die. But, Before this, uh, I do want to say there is a dance break by Alexander Skarsgård that is also very baffling and I don't know why we did it. Uh, go ahead. He's like dancing on his balcony and I'm just like, what this is kind happening? Of what, um, right before I think Larry starts saying, I will right. fear no evil. Like, I can't watch it. It was not well done. And it wasn't funny or it wasn't creepy or anything. Um, it just, it like, I'm not sure what they were aiming for. I don't know what I'd want from him dancing at this point, but this wasn't it. It, was, it just I, sort of looked goofy, like, oh, he's, he's, he, he's a white guy. But, um... He is a white guy. Yeah, just like, he's a just, Scandinavian, so the whitest of white guys, <laughs> like, yeah. What, what his hands are above his head. Right. And I'm like... I know you could probably dance sexy because I, I saw you as Eric Northman. I don't know what this I, is. I, yeah, I didn't know what he was aiming for. And I was thinking of, um, oddly enough, the serial killer that uh, Kevin Costner played. I forget the name of the film. Where In the movie with the comic, Dane Cook? It might have been, yes. Yeah, and Mr. Something. Where he gives a strange kind of dance to himself that comes across as really creepy. And I'm like, if that's what you're aiming for, it just came across as goofy and weird. And look at this. Yeah, it's really not. And I do think that there was some dancing by uh-huh. uh, Jamie. I've forgotten his last name. Uh, who, who the original, the Randall Flagg in the original uh, movie, and or you know miniseries, and but not in this particular time or space, right? This felt, Mr. Brooks, I think, is what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, this felt like 
Skarsgård didn't want to just stand there on the balcony and do nothing. I mean, I feel like that's what, like, I feel like he's like, what if I try and do something like this? Well, I think it was supposed to be like he's having a victory moment. Mm -hmm. And instead, you know, of course, this turns out to be the worst possible failure you can have. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a moment that I have to compliment to his performance, though, Mm. in this scene, because it brought up a different layer of context. So we now see the hand of God shooting people. Oh, yes. Okay, so we're back to the lightning storm. Right. Yes, we're just waiting and for that lightning to strike people. him mm-hmm. or Lair or the pool right. or the bomb. Um, it doesn't hit Lloyd, I do want to say. Mm-hmm. Lloyd uh, ducks a, a oh, lightning yes. fixture that go, swings past him and forgets that pendulums are a thing, stands back up, and it gets him from just behind. Just shears his head off. Right it was a very Final Destination kind it of way. Really, that, there was a lot of that in this end thing. But also, I appreciate the fact in the original adaptation, Julie Lowry runs, trips over an electrical cord, and electrocutes herself. Yes. And it was incredible. And you're dumb. just like... What, really, what? bitch? Right. But you also didn't see her as much in that as you did. Right, and here she's much more of a character. Which is she... crazy, because Shawnee Smith's awesome. Yeah, she is. <laughs> but uh, in this version, she literally like gets atomized. Yeah. Like the rest yes. of the villains. It was, or villains, actually. It was pretty... Yeah, it was startling how really violent the end of this one is. Yeah. And but, then eventually several uh, shots go into Skarsgård. Is that right. what you want to talk about? Well, what I liked is what he did right before. Okay. He becomes infantile and sort of childish. And I thought, if we are t- talking about... I love the idea, because what it did, again, me contributing a backstory that isn't really written on the page of this particular story. But if he is a supernatural evil thing, then this is like Dad's home, and you're in trouble. Yeah. And that he did get across this thing like, I'm really scared because suddenly the person in charge or the adults in the room and like I've been caught misusing the toys or doing whatever. Right. And so he starts behaving and it reminded me a little bit also of 2001 where Hal mm-hmm. goes into this sort of infantile state before... But why aren't you doing what I want you to do? Right. You're supposed to do what I want. But it's, yeah, it, I think that was the nicest touch for me out of his entire performance is yeah. the idea that, oh, oh, Shoot, like, Dad came home early and I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Right. There's definitely a party happening in his house and someone's (laughs) definitely having sex in his bed. He's going to be so mad. (laughs) I definitely broke that vase. I did not have time to, like, start a, like, prostitution ring and get a replacement. I can't believe that's a real movie. Um, And, yeah. And then he is zap, 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 zap. Mm -hmm. And then he poofs out of existence. He doesn't... He didn't splack like everybody else splack. did. I like that. He just poofed out of existence. Because, guys, he's not dead. Yeah. Um, I don't know that this character can die. Um, I will say that on the banners, mm-hmm. it's the Crimson King symbol, but sideways. Okay. So it is very much oh, we'll gunslinger, man in black. Right. Um, homage here. And so once Flag goes, then we kind of see Larry and Ray, and the water is almost up to them. And Ray is saying, "Look up," or Larry's saying, "Look up and don't be afraid." Mm-hmm. And Ray is like afraid, clearly. And then into the lightning, or the lightning into the bomb, and the bomb into the everything explodes. Right. And then we go, and we're in. Oh, we had seen, there was a very brief episode prior to this where Stu hears a wolf and Kojak Mm -hmm. kills the wolf. That's basically it. Now, keep in mind, the wolf was sort of a familiar, right? Flag flag is crows and wolves, Uh, but Kojak, he saves it. Well, I I like the idea that... um that we can see 15 people killed horribly on screen in this climax, but whatever happens, the wolf happens off screen. We do not animals. hurt animals on <laughs> this. People on the other hand get literally horrible things. Yeah, but people are horrible, so right. it's fine. And uh, and then Stu experiences the blast, mm-hmm. and it blows dust through his little valley. Um, and... 
in the aftermath of the explosion and the dust that's been created, mm -hmm. we see Tom. And Kojak goes and barks and gets him to follow him. So Tom is going to be hooking up with Stu. Presumably mm -hmm. they're going to head back to Boulder. This is like Stu's savior, right? Right. Tom's been walking, and he walked right up to safety right before the whole desert just came at him from behind, which is what has happened. Because they, they're they pretty far along when Stu falls, because they had already had the scene where they're like, we're in his land now. Right. Uh, so I don't know what state they were in, but they may... I mean, Nevada's a big state. Right. They had to go all the way through it, because Vegas is right on the... I mean, it's pretty close mm. to the border uh, to California. So, uh, And then... We are back in Boulder, and they see the sky light up as well. And Joe looks at Franny, uh, who she, he'd just been practicing the guitar, and looks at Franny and says, uh, the dog man is dead. And she's like, how do you know that? And Joe doesn't say anything. And then she says, do you know anything about Stu? <laughs> because of course she did. That yeah. is. At which point she goes into labor and ends the episode with the phrase, oh, shit. So that's some classic stuff. And uh, she's going to go into labor. And we got another episode, fully written by Stephen King, that he wants to tell play for the last so episode. So he's going to work on actually providing an ending. Uh-huh. This is a new, a new and different ending than both the miniseries and the book. A so. new and different Stephen King. And it is called The Circle Closes. And we are going to watch it for next week. And I don't even know what to expect. Uh, so what do you think of this? Because effectively the story as we know it has ended here. Um, um, basically. I mean, right. we do know. I mean, the miniseries at least had Stu getting back in the winter. Right. Now, I, I don't know how that lines up with this timeline. This should be the end of February, which is when her due date was. Right. So it is winter now. Are we to say that he doesn't go back for eight months? Which... That could be real if he's broken and can't get out of that yeah. thing for weeks or months. Yeah. Um, although there's not a uh, stipulation on getting back that they have to do it on foot. So get a car, get some sort of, you know, uh, vehicle and get you back. Yeah. But I'm not sure how long the time goes. And then, um, you know, in the book at least, she has her baby. The baby gets sick, but gets better. And then that's basically it. Mm -hmm. And its name is Abigail. Because, of course, it is. <laughs> Abigail, so, whom we never well, really knew. We hardly knew you. Hardly knew you. Um, as it is, as I said, it's pretty much finished now. How do you feel about the miniseries as a whole? Because we're going to be going into... Uh, well, it's we, not finished. I mean, we've well, got another hour. Yeah, but I mean... In terms of what the other yeah, adaptations I, I, I am baffled by the macro choices that were made in this thing. Uh -huh. I am almost equally baffled by some of the micro choices that were made, but the macro choices are the, the starting with Harold and making him our main character, mm -hmm. the removing of any kind of character arc for Trash Can Man, for Nick, for... I mean... Uh, Trash Can Man is practically a shaved simian, and he even does that with his performance. Like, yeah, there's there's no reasoning ability with him no. at all. He, you know, um, uh, I have right. I have very little um, care about Franny and Stu, even though I know I'm supposed to. They're our hero and heroine. I like this Franny better. I like this Franny better. I think um, I like her agency uh, a little bit better. Well, we haven't spent enough time with. I like this Larry, but I feel like why are you? we are to believe that he has been a disappointment to everyone in his life. And I don't right. know where that comes from because everybody we see him interact with, he's a totally good stand-up guy. Right. He, Nadine, Joe, uh, Heather Graham's character, right. like all, even Harold, mm -hmm. he is nothing but a stand-up guy. So how, why, why are we, well, I mean, yeah, his best friend was Suitcase of Drugs, but, you know, times well, are hard. But at the same time, the Suitcase of Drugs seems to be so much less than what other people are doing to yeah. survive here. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I got enough from Harold to where I feel sympathy for him. Mm -mm. I feel bad for the whole situation. I feel bad. I'm really glad that... And here's another thing that feels a little bit weird. I don't feel much chemistry between the actors 
playing Franny and No, yeah. Sure. I'm like, I guess they're going to kiss now, sure. Because they're a boy and a girl, and that's right. what a boy and a girl does. I, I don't But feel... I'm also like, she's 23, and he's like in his 40s. Well, there's nothing and wrong also, with that. There's nothing but wrong with that, but... There needs to be something well, that reaches this age gap between Yes, them. that's and what I it is. I have seen it. And, and like, she's like, I want you to hurry home so we can raise this baby together. And I have heard not a word from Stu that he wants to raise baby. this baby. Uh, I mean, I presume kid. he does, but... Right. Uh, we never see it, and we're never told it. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't even get an I love you. I'm so glad I found you. We never right. get any. It would have taken a minute to make them to make us believe, oh, they love each other. Or to set up something where we see. And, and right. everything we do get is through Harold's jealous-ass eyes. And it's right. just like, well, that might just well, be what he's seeing it as. We don't need that unreliable narrator. No, you know? I don't. And we keep using him, or we don't, but the, the producers here and the director's kept using him as a lens with which to see all this. And it's it's the wrong and lens. It's, the pity is that there are some moments... Unless you think that 98% of your audience is that dude. And I, I can't imagine that that's the case. I, or you have a very low opinion of Stephen King fans. I don't know. I don't... I can't imagine what the choice was going with this. I really wish I'd gotten more of, like we talked about, the heart of the, pro, of the yeah. show. Um which are two guys, both disabled yeah. in their own way, getting through the country and becoming best friends. And right. what's wasn't disappointing is these, these two actors managed a lot of chemistry together. They did, but we only got to see but it for five and a half minutes. But yeah. we need to know more about Harold. Yeah, we and don't. We super yeah, don't. I don't. We know. don't need to see him get right. six chances at redemption from every character here. Right. Like I just, it's baffling to me, and I don't understand it. Um, it was entertaining to watch. I will mm. say that it wasn't boring. Right. But I was just like, for being as long as it is, I know almost nothing about any of these people. Right. That's crazy. Except for Harold. Except for Harold. No, I held a lot about Harold and a lot about uh, I know Lloyd. a fair amount about Nadine. I, I know, I see, not even Lloyd. But I felt like we were with him more of the time. We were, but we didn't get a lot of him. Because I have a feeling that 98% of what we saw from Lloyd, other than when he's eating, literally eating the calf of his mm-hmm. dead cellmate, is an act he's putting on. Which is fine. It's how you live in this world. But, like, to not see anything but that, I, I know that's an act. So how invested am I going to get into this as a reality? Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens at the end. That's... Well, maybe, yeah. I, I just sort of felt like compared to the first take on this, I saw all the characters I didn't want to spend time with. Yeah. A lot more than, I spent more time with them than I wanted to. Like, I would like to write a treatment for this, and I oh, think... Yeah. Um, it will be made recently. You know, I honestly think... 20 years from now, I'll give it another a, shot. A 16-episode arc mm-hmm. actually might be where you want to do it. The problem with that is there's not enough things that happen to keep that going. Right. But I feel like you need, or you know, that's not even true. Do all the do all the plot points you want to do, uh, but then do them with showing character growth mm-hmm. and and interaction rather than exposition, which is right. a lot of what this thing did. Uh, and once again, like there was that one episode where Franny was narrating the beginning and the end. That never happened before or after. Mm-hmm. What's happening? I think that <sighs> if I want to not make excuses, but to understand that the film, uh, the end result of it is that there were probably complications that we haven't seen. Oh, I'm sure. Um, especially considering when it was filmed and yeah. when it was produced. And they finished produced. like three days before they would have had been shut down for COVID. Right. So I'm sure some shit was rushed there at the end. And as much as the original take was done for television and watered down a great deal. It seemed to have, to me, more genuinely scary, creepy moments to it. I agree with that. You know what I think another part of it it might be is they didn't want to show people the trauma reactions to a pandemic. Mm-hmm. The to, to hit the plot points with character development in the way that I'm talking about, you're going to have to see people with trauma mm-hmm. and how they're dealing with it. And they're releasing this into the world mid-pandemic. It is possible that they wanted to cut around 
some of the more quote unquote triggering performances and aspects that they could not have known to take out beforehand because by the time they are filming, they know about COVID, but they don't know what it's going to be. And they could not have guessed that it was going to happen the five months before when the scripts were, were, you know, closed. To me, that, that might've been the case too. I think there's, I really would like to understand the reasoning behind not seeing more of Mother Abigail and yeah. what the weird choices were made for Randall Flagg where he wasn't allowed to do the him. thing that they hired Alexander right. Skarsgård to do. Like, when they, I saw who it was going to be, I was like, this is what it's going to be like. And then it, it wasn't like that at all. And I'm like, well, why did you hire him then? <laughs> what was the uh, the story that Jean-Claude Van Damme told about being in one of the Expendables movies. I have no he idea. He plays a villain named Villain. Oh, Jesus. That's a dumb movie. There are but dumb movies. But at the end of the film, he gets into a gunfight with Sylvester Stallone. Well, and who, could, and who knows? That's a coin toss. He walks up to Sylvester nah, Stallone. Stallone wins a gunfight, I think. Well, it's his movie, but he walks up to Sylvester Stallone and says... Look, I'll let you beat the hell out of me, but if we don't have Rocky and Jean-Claude Van Damme have a fight scene at the end of the film, why on earth did you hire me? Yeah, what am I here for? What am I here for if I shoot a gun at you and you shoot a gun at me? No, nobody wants to see that. They want to see the two guys who do all the physical action stuff do the physical action stuff. And and he wasn't precious about it. He wasn't like, we're signing a clause where I can't lose a fight, which several actors in Hollywood have. at the same time, it's like, yes, no, Sylvester Stallone will not be able to beat up a professional kickboxer. That's not going to happen. So his pride is not wounded by this. But at the same time, it's like he's going, what did you hire me for if you're going to have me do this ending? Yeah. You could have had anybody do yeah. that, right? Yeah. But if you're hiring me, you want to see kicking, punching, blah, 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 blah. And I felt like, to your point about Alexander Skarsgård, it's the same thing. Yeah. You got hired because of this sort of physical presence, this menace. This smoldering menace that you're able to pre- project, this and charm just, and and, right. and terror that you can do at the same and time. I was looking forward to seeing some sort of weirder, sleazier... Kind of, yeah, like a Vegas version. But of like, a, like, but uh, also yeah. you could do sexy. Like, you don't want to be attracted to this dude, but you're definitely attracted to this mm-hmm. dude. I am not attracted to this dude right. at all. But he doesn't pull off the smartiness or the charm mm-hmm. or any of it. But I don't think it's his fault. No, and I don't think it is. Unless he we... leaned away from it to avoid typecasting, in which case, dude, you have been typecast. Just do the For thing. Sakes, he played Tarzan. Be good in this played, thing. You know, he's, he's, but. The thing is that I really do think it was a decision on the behalf of the filmmakers in this case that they really did present him with do it this way. Do it this and way, yeah. It just, and and the, his stuff on the page is... The, I just don't think it's, it's very well written. He's not... Like I said... The, Macro to micro, yeah. I don't think it's well written. The whole kind of supernatural element in this one isn't very well written. No. And they had It feels like it was written by atheists. Well, yeah. There's a lack of conviction about what these... Like, Glenn's got the best lines. But yeah, just this idea that they didn't know how to handle the more supernatural elements of the story and how really black and white the story is. Right. And so, like, they're trying to find a way of making it more palatable for them, but at the same time, they're taking away the element. It's essentially, this is a big morality fable. This is a fairy tale. Of course there's There's a good and there's an evil, yeah. but they keep trying... It's almost like there's an attempt to intellectualize it or turn it into a different kind of drama other than what it was. And the end result is it fails because, yes, when it stops being a fairy tale and starts being a social drama, then it's losing what makes it what it is. So next week we're going to watch an all-new ending. The Circle Closes. Right. Written by Stephen King. And in the meantime, do you have anything you want to recommend? No, I have not been home. <laughs> so I unfortunately don't have anything to recommend this week. I haven't actually been able to catch up on anything. There's a ton of stuff I want to watch. I've just discovered we have Apple TV. We do. And there's programs in there for me to watch. Yeah. And I'm probably going to get to one of them tonight. So Awesome. Next the time, next thing that we watch is going to be on Apple TV. That is why I, I, uh, I, uh, made, I subscribed. Mm-hmm. We had a free year from b- right. buying an Apple product. Well, you know what? There is something I can recommend. Is mm-hmm. it what I was going to recommend? Probably. Let's do it. No, no, no. Go ahead. 
I I don't know how it goes over with a larger audience because it's an incredibly violent movie. But I saw Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, that is what I was going to recommend. I and thought it was fun. It was really fun. And I, I mentioned while I was watching it that I want Margot Robbie to be... Uh, Harley, Harley Quinn is forever and ever, amen. As long as um, Hugh Jackman got to be Wolverine. Yeah, that's so fair. 15 years where this person just keeps coming back. Play. I mean, I would like to see Wolverine again, frankly. It's like I didn't like the way that last movie ended. But... Um, but it's like it would be great to see her because she has just so yeah. nailed this person. She has, and and she and, has the added benefit of Harley Quinn actually ages right. <laughs> where Wolverine does not. So. She, yeah, poor Hugh Jackman just had to get more ripped every time to distract you from the fact. That and then Logan, amazing. he was like, "Oh, thank God." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I really liked um, I really like her take on this character. Yeah, and it's funny how here's a person who's in the background of DC when I was a kid. You know, she was the, the gangster's mall. Yeah. She was not a huge uh-huh. part. And Margot Robbie just took this and just took it by the throat. And yeah. she really breathes a lot of life into this character. Yeah. To where you're rooting for her, even though she's deeply troubled and Deeply troubled. A definite murderer. She's definitely killing people all the time. All the time. Right. But, like, not if you don't fucking come at her. Right. She has no desire to go causing trouble for other people. No. She would like to rob banks and things like that. That's but... fine, but get out of her way and right. she's not going to kill you. Exactly. But you fucking point big weapons at her and I'm going to have to fuck you up. Like, that's just... The fact that she's able to do so many of her own action scenes, too. Yeah, no, she's pretty and incredible. She, she's just, yeah. She is and really I like good. that she's getting executive producer uh, right. credits and things with these roles because she's doing so much. Well, how many much. times has it been? She's played her... This is three? Three times, I guess. I think so. Yeah. The first Suicide Squad, this Suicide Squad, and the, and then the, Har- the Harley Quinn movie, which Birds is of Prey. Great movie. It's great. But, um, but yeah, yeah. It's like I just wanted to go in. Cause she... And that character is consistent. As yeah. inconsistent as a character is, uh-huh. she is consistently inconsistent That's in that I character. Like yeah. The center to her. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I buy this. This is the, right. same. This is the same character. And yeah, I love the, uh, the kind of weird hallucinogenic scenes that I won't give away. There's one scene that she has where she's. Swimming in something with a lot of rats. I won't explain what it is. Indeed. But that whole scene is done in, in this very kind of wonderful slow motion where it's like, wow, this is really beautifully composed. It's yeah. kind of sickening, but it is. Yeah. So, no, I think James Gunn did a nice job right. uh, on this. Uh, I We saw this first Suicide Squad. It was fine, but mm. it wasn't a movie. So it interfered <laughs> with a lot. Is my understanding. Yeah, well. Because there was a really good director, the guy who did Fury, of all all things. He was a really good director, and he just got pulled into, you know, And then it got, yeah, and then it got basically remade by a second director, didn't it? Like, yeah, that movie with the exposition and the two times for every Mm -hmm. story, and like, it just didn't make sense. It was just this huge redundant movie that kept going over the same material over and over and over again. Yeah. And actually, I liked... This one, John Cena, of all people. Yeah. Who's actually very funny. I wonder if he has a clause in, in his acting contracts where he has to lean into gay. Are you, you know, I see him flirt a lot with it. It's, it's pretty He funny. does. Almost every, every movie he does. Right. And I'm like, we get it. You're comfortable right. in your heterosexuality, or are you telling us that you are gay? I literally well can't tell. Someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger who just made the just Yeah. This is where so, I make my money, so let me right. throw... Yeah. I yeah. look like this. Guys are looking at me. I look at girls on the beach. It's the same thing. Yep. I'm not being bothered yep. by it. So what? Nope. <laughs> and they're paying to go see my right. movies. They're paying so for I'm my merchandise. Tender. Yeah, absolutely. But there's a really great interplay between her, between John Cena and Idris Elba. Yeah. And they're funny together. And a lot of the cast... None of the people here are heroes or good guys. No. Explicitly not. Right. Um, some of them are just plain victims, but for the most part, they're they're not um, they're not innocent at all. But what makes it funny is that there's interplay between John Cena and Idris Elba where they just neither of them realizes how not bright they are. Yeah, no, <laughs> they're both definitely uh, dull objects, right. blunt objects, both of them. But yeah. But their dialogue as a result is really funny because like none of them realizes 
how kind of dumb and, yeah. and there's a nationalism bent to this one that I right. think is really interesting. Yeah, like I I, I enjoyed it. Am I going to watch it again? Yeah, probably not. It's, but yeah, I again, will say that no, no, I've, I've seen it. Not good. Warning: It is a very violent movie. Yeah, they fucking were like, "R, can we go for NC seventeen? Can yeah, I hear NC seventeen? Can I get a can I get an X up in here? It is it is Deadpool violent. It is right. Well, and the, it's pushing that level of cartoonish violence, mm-hmm. and that's the only excuse. That's the thing. They it push it so far that it is. Yeah, it would be. You know, I would want to watch it. Yeah, but it was just and the uh, and also yes, Sylvester Stallone playing a shark. Yes, that was just like okay, the breakout star. Right, so yeah, it was a fun movie, but again, with the caveat, if you're going to watch it, it's an extremely violent movie, yeah. so be aware. So next week, we're going to watch A Circle Closes, or Closes. The Circle Closes, uh, the last episode of this miniseries. Uh, I will say the next thing that we're going to watch is Lisey's Story, which is on Apple TV and mm-hmm. came out uh, like in the last two months. <laughs> it's got Julianne Moore in it, everybody. I like Julianne Moore. Me too. And also, I think Clive Owen. Mm, I might be wrong about mm. that. I can't remember. A brunette man. We'll find out. A brunette man and, and a red-headed woman. And a red-headed woman. Uh, so that is what we will be watching next. Uh, in the meantime, if you have questions or comments or concerns, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at latecomerspod. Or you could find us on Facebook by searching for Latecomers Podcast. Still no podcast page. Ding. Uh, until next week. I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you, better late than never. never.